0: From LD Entertainment comes The Miracle Season. Without their star player, West Volleyball suffered another defeat. After the tragic death of volleyball
1: star Caroline Found, West High School's remaining team players must work together in hope of winning the state championship.
0: I told you to win for a line. If we want to show how much we miss her, we should just play with joy.
1: Based on the inspiring true story.
0: Time to take him down.
1: The Miracle Season. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Now playing. More information is
0: available at miracleseason.movie.
1: Hey, this is Fletch, and on this edition of Homeschooling in Real Life, Kendra and I sit down with radio personality and author Brant Hansen to talk about his new book, Unoffendable. You know, on Homeschooling in Real Life, we promise to be real about topics that affect homeschoolers. And when we talk about anger, when we talk about disagreements, the homeschooling community has been ripe for that for many, many years. That's why we decided to have Brant on. He's a funny guy, he's witty, but he also loves the gospel. And as a homeschool dad, he's been within the homeschooling community. So he has eyes firsthand on the topics of anger and offense and disagreements that go nowhere in the homeschooling community. As a matter of fact, we asked him about the topic of anger.
0: A lot of people are very prone to anger in the religious community, the Christian church because deep down, I think they suspect that God is angry at them. We're all messed up. We're all sinners, but he's good. But unless we've unless we've really had a big, long drink from that fountain of of going, wait a second, it's not about me. It really isn't. My righteousness is about, it's not about me. It's about him. Unless we've done that, we're going to be very prone to anger from others because we honestly deep down think God isn't pleased with us.
1: You've gotten used to it here on Homeschooling in Real Life. We're talking hope-shifting, we're talking identity, we're talking about the gospel again. Join us on this episode as we talk about how the gospel makes us unoffendable. This is Homeschooling in Real Life. Welcome to the Homeschooling in Real Life podcast. This is
2: Fletch. And I'm Kendra. As veteran homeschooling parents, we discuss topics that tend to divide and distract Christian homeschoolers from each other and the gospel.
1: On the Homeschooling IRL podcast, we promise to be honest, transparent, and witty as we discover what it means to homeschool in real life. Hey, this is
2: Fletch. And this is Kendra.
1: Happy Anniversary. Happy anniversary. Yeah, this is our 50th show.
2: Right. Happy anniversary.
1: We should, we, right, let's cue the uh, Hawaii 5 0 music right now.
2: What would be best with that music is an uh, actual plane that would take That'd us. That'd be
1: cool if we were actually in Hawaii okay. right now. Right. All right, well, this is our 50th episode, and we have just come back from a one week vacation from the podcast. Mm hmm. So, do you want to tell our listeners what we've been doing with all of our downtime?
2: Downtime. What is this downtime of time of which you speak? Yeah. I can't even
1: talk. It's not <laughs> been much downtime. We have been preparing our house for sale.
2: Yeah, and it's now officially on the market. So, can we stop talking about it till we move?
1: Yeah, and okay. matter of fact, if any of our listeners want to move out to a nice multi generational living environment. It's perfect. It's set up for homeschooling, everything. It's for you, right in the Central Valley. Fresh fruit, fresh vegetables, right out your front door. True. So we are... What else is going on?
2: Today is Mother's Day. We're actually recording this on Mother's Day.
1: Yeah, we took a full two weeks off. We came right up to the edge with this episode.
2: Yes. So today is Sunday, Mother's Day. And um, Fletch, I am like the worst Mother's Day mother, because I just think it's ridiculous.
1: Right, which makes... It' awesome to the rest of us. <laughs> no expectations okay. whatsoever. So,
2: that's it. That right? You just said the word. It's the expectations thing, man. I watch moms from of all over the age spectrum, from great grandmas to brand new moms, all feelings hurt because it didn't go the way they thought in their mind it should go. Right. And um, people, this is a made-up day, made-up. Yeah. Like it's totally made up right and it's thrust upon us and we, you know there's the pressure for the cards and the flower you were went you to this yeah last i went night. to the store last night to pick <laughs> for up your some mom
1: gotta get a card but uh it was just like a whole bunch of guilt ridden men
2: right okay whole, so
1: clutching balloons and
2: flowers what I don't understand is first of all don't give me balloons i don't want to have to navigate you know or, uh, monitor kids hitting each other with them and don't give me flowers i mean that's lovely i like flowers but Great, thank you. Chocolates, Any time of the year. You
1: would take chocolates.
2: Yeah, depends. Chocolate.
1: <laughs> she would take chocolates.
2: Anyway, uh, but then the guilt thing why? Why? Because somebody told us this was Mother's Day. It's yeah. so silly. So, you and I, we actually took a drive up the coast, the California coast on Friday with a couple of kids four kids yeah
1: we saw (laughs) that's a couple in our economy after living here for 46 years Mm -hmm. myself I saw a section of California Highway I've never been on before which is rare
2: and it was beautiful yeah so we took this drive on Friday and you told me that you had several people say to you why'd you do that on Friday and not Sunday okay that's my point we had a lovely, wonderful Friday, and it was beautiful. And we took the time off because we'd been doing all this house stuff. Yeah. And it would, turned out to be just like the day that we could do it. Why not Sunday instead of Friday? Because
1: that's what worked.
2: Who cares yeah. <laughs> that, it, that this is the day that has the yeah. title, the Mother's Day thing on it? So Wow, there's
1: some Mother's I'm Day sorry, guilt little, in her life. She's no, apparently no guilt. Been I'm just
2: a little soapboxy. Yeah, oh, it. wow. Only because, like I said, I've just, you know, all these years watched so many women, so disappointed because things didn't go however they thought they should go. Yeah. So let it go.
1: On Father's Day, however, feel free to just do it up if you want (laughs) to. (laughs) <laughs> I apparently you, don't have the same convictions. You, however,
2: no. love Father's yeah. Day. No.
1: No. So, uh, yeah, we have a, a big show today. We have one of our favorite guests on.
2: Okay. Seriously, I'm really, really looking forward to this episode.
1: Yeah. We, we've we been trying to seriously. do this episode. I'm
2: seriously looking yeah. forward to this episode. It's been a long Serious. time. <laughs>
1: done with your overuse of the say.
2: words.
1: Yeah, so we, <laughs> we've been good. trying for a long time to get Brant Hanson on.
2: Yeah, we And
1: have. We, boy, it's been... Probably since like episode 4 we but, thought he'd be perfect.
2: We did, but here's the thing, he's such a gracious guy. It was just logistics. He yeah. he did some job changing and you know some shuffling of his life around and he so wrote a book. Yeah, we don't say that like he finally came on, but he's such a gracious guy. Loves the gospel, loves Jesus. Just wrote a book that we think is super hot, super important.
1: Yeah. Called Unoffendable. Yes, Unoffendable. And that's what really triggered Let's get him on now because right homeschoolers are offendable people, quickly offendable.
2: Uh, we are. And just just look down your Facebook feed on anybody who homeschools, and we just get offended at everything. Yeah, it everything. doesn't matter
1: what the topic is. What's yeah. the topic du jour right now? What are the, the big ones for um, homeschoolers?
2: Well, in my personal experience, it is Ben Carson being anti-vaccine free. Okay, so vaccines
1: in general, <laughs> vaccines yeah. or essential oils. If you want to mention yep. either one of those, pro or con, you... Homeschoolers come out of the woodwork
2: with hatchets, media.
1: yeah, yeah, and, and that's,
2: fiery darts.
1: You already know that if you're going to try that baloney with me, I'm going to have zero response. I just don't <laughs> have a dog in any of those fights. Yeah, um, and this and is, then and then you should. That's the thing. Then you should have a dog in these fights. That's the other like aggressive homeschooler. Mm-hmm. You can't say, "Oh, I'm not interested in this." Mm-hmm. You can't not have an ad- or an opinion. <laughs> because then the pe- people yeah. with opinions get on you.
2: I may have an opinion, but I don't need to share that opinion. There's yeah, yeah, no right. nothing that tells me and that I'm I have to. I'm certainly not going to be offended. Right. But if you your go. opinion is different than mine, so, I disagree. It's let's, okay. Let's but you know what? I'm going to be super protective of what? and um very much Jesus. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I'll go I'll go toe to toe over the gospel. Yeah. So why don't we take a quick break for a commercial, and then we'll get started with that interview.
2: Hola, Fletch.
1: Hola, Kendra.
2: Hey, good Spanish. Thank you. (laughs) Hey, how much do you know about the geography of Mexico?
1: It is south of the United States, (laughs) and it is north of the equator.
2: Wow. Okay.
1: (laughs) And I know... Baja, California is connected, in fact, to California.
2: Wow, Fletch, you know what you need?
1: What do I need? You
2: need the New Geography of Mexico coloring book from Paradisepraises.com. And let me tell you, our kids need this too because this week I found out they didn't even know there were states in Mexico.
1: There are states, and there is the state of relaxation. That state in Mexico.
2: Come on, no. There are states in Mexico that contain the highest population of ethnic people and languages. Down in Mexico, there is a state that that is home to an aqueduct that appears on the fifty pesos bill. Did you know that? I didn't
1: know any of this. I know.
2: Okay, but here's the cool thing. ParadisePraises.com is a wonderful site and blog that is written by my friend Katie, and she's put out a new geography of Mexico coloring book and geography study so each page has a color illustration that identifies the state motto code of arms capital city state size landmarks you
1: know being from california a large portion of our population is directly from mexico or has ties directly there so if we're trying to teach our kids a culture that's right over the border mm-hmm. this sounds like it would be a great resource
2: And if your family is at all interested in missions opportunities in Mexico, if you know families who are there, this is really great. Um, It's a great prayer point for your families, too, to gather around and and, uh, learn a little bit more about that geography.
1: So where would our listeners find this?
2: Well, Paradise Praises has set up a custom URL just for hurlers. It's paradisepraises.com slash IRL.
1: And it's Mexico, a coloring book and geography study. Go check it out.
2: Muy bien. Hey, we have on the line with us Brant Hansen. And if you are familiar with this really exciting and fun radio personality as we are, you know that Brant has a, an I Am Second video. He has a, a book that's come out. But most importantly for our listeners who love Homeschooling IRL... Brant loves the gospel, and he camps on that, and he often makes me laugh with his great uh, blog posts and uh, fun podcast he does with his assistant, Sherry. So we wanted to introduce our listeners to Brant. Welcome, Brant.
0: Hey, it's great to join you guys. Thank you so much.
1: Hey, you know, we, uh, in pre- preparing for this, I was thinking about how we know you. And really, it started with Kendra uh, reading a blog of yours that was... Boy, it had a a really fun name. It was called Letters from Camp Krusty. Right. (laughs) Right. And and she would, like, show me, you know, blog posts of yours. And I I don't even remember how many years ago this is, but I don't know if you remember, but you shot a video with your son. You guys traveled, like, it seemed like 48 hours across the globe. And Uh you did an airport video. Do you remember that? Yeah. That's... That's the first thing I remember, and since then, the Fletcher family has shot airport videos.
2: (laughs) (laughs) We're just, you know, we're just copiers.
0: Good, good. I endorse that. That's fine. I'm sure I wasn't original with that.
1: (laughs) Well, if we do a quick online search of Brant Hansen, uh, this is how you are described. I'm just going to read some of the descriptions. It says you're an author, radio personality, blogger, promoter, podcaster, accordion player, storyteller, nerd... Husband, dad, homeschool parent, outspoken Christian, and that just starts the list. And
0: my list is
1: way shorter. It says like, "Fletch looks like Shrek." That's
0: all. <laughs> <laughs> so, I... yeah. Well, that you know what the homeschooling dad thing? I got to come fully honest about that. I always tell people the shorthand is, "Well, we homeschooled, you know, our kids all the way up." And the the fact is, we is a stretch. Um, because my wife did everything and I'm very thankful for what she's done, but, um, I don't, I don't deserve much credit for the homeschooling dad part of that at least.
1: Right. And myself and a lot of the homeschool dads that listen to homeschooling in real life are, you know, clinking our glasses with you saying,
0: (laughs) That's, that's good to hear because there's some guys that are like, totally messing up the curve for us and I feel horrible. Like, Oh man, I I just couldn't do it all. I couldn't work full time and do all that. But, um, I'm so thankful. It worked out so great. And we're just finishing like this month is our last homeschooling month of all because our daughter will graduate.
2: Wow. That's exciting.
0: Yeah, it is exciting and a little bit scary when you pour yourself so much into that and then it's done.
2: Yeah. Oh, Um, tell me about it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So that's, it's going to be an interesting transition for us.
1: Well, I know that uh, we were online this week, and I was talking to another homeschool dad, and I said, "You know how it starts with homeschool dads? They they ask their kids, you know, hey, what are you learning?" And they're somewhere in the, you know, the the Egyptians or, you know, back in the Greeks. And then the next time I ask it's, you know, we're at the civil war. And then (laughs) like the third time it's like, so we're at Kennedy's assassination. So I, I relate to your comments as a homeschool dad.
0: Yeah. Good. I'm glad you understand.
1: So with that list, uh, if there's a whole bunch of descriptive terms like that, how would you describe yourself?
0: Uh, well, that's a good question. I don't know what I'm doing. I make I make clear that because I guess over the course of years people could say, "Wow, I want to do whatever you've done or whatever." I I I still don't know what I'm doing. I go into the radio studio every day and I and I I am I feel overwhelmed by the nature of it. Like the fact that I get to speak in anybody's lives. I'm not very socially adept and so it can overwhelm me to think that a couple people are listening to me but I am so thankful for it because I feel like part of the beauty of anything I've been able to do has been because I didn't chart it out ahead of time I didn't know what was going to happen I still don't and God's been so faithful to us I think he actually honors um, that lack of of thinking that you're your own you know boss of your future I just I'm not into that and He's been so good, so I really don't have many descriptions except uh, I know I'm a sinner. I know God's been really good to us, and I don't know what's next. But it's it's been fascinating to see how He's used us anyway.
1: That's a perfect description for homeschooling in real life, because mm. you know often we'll say we're we're just beggars that are helping other beggars find food, um, but we're we're quick to admit that we don't have it all together, and that's actually why we titled our podcast Homeschooling in Real Life. Yes.
0: Well, I really think what happens is by doing that, you free people and they realize that God can use you anyway. It's incredibly debilitating and disempowering to people when they see experts everywhere.
1: Mm-hmm. Everybody's
0: an expert instantly. You know, they've they've figured it out. Here's the model. Here's how you do it. It must be this way, and it can be extremely discouraging. I mean, I've looked at some of the some of the material about homeschooling and Literally, if we did all that, the kids would not sleep. They would be practicing <laughs> piano from one to three a.m. and then onto the, you know, to this other thing and the next deal and the. It's impossible, and you can always feel like you've, you're not doing enough. And that's the thing I found that's true of every single family I've known who's homeschooled is the mom in particular, but it can be the dad too. But the mom in particular feels like she's failing at some level because so much is ladled onto people's backs, laden onto it. I should say. And you, you can always do more and I'm failing. They always have this sense of it. And I think it's too bad. So I think what you're doing by saying we don't have it figured out and God's making something wonderful happen anyway, just empowers a whole group of people who know that they don't have it together. And yet look how good God is.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And the homeschool community, I think in particular falls victim uh, with with probably homeschooling moms more than dads with this sort of try harder, do more mentality and the freedom of knowing that everything was done at the cross. And we can just live in that. Jesus finished it. Our children's salvation does not rest upon our shoulders. Right. You know, right. it's not, it doesn't matter what devotional you choose to do, or if you missed it 42 days in a row, Jesus has finished it. It's all done.
0: Nope. No kidding. And and then wh- when you when you couple the the burdens of church culture like you're talking about mm. uh along with our culture at large about just accomplishment and achievement and you got to do this and you got to do that that's just backbreaking there's no way it's impossible and so the culture's exhausted and here comes this message of grace that says actually um you can rest God actually loves you. And it's not to say that you won't want to work. You should, you you will because you're created to do things and uh, I get it, but you can rest. And um, the problem is, I think for a lot of people in any schooling is there's no finish line and you just wish there were so Mm -hmm. that you could go, see, I'm doing awesome. In our case, I guess we're about to to finally hit one. And my wife is able to realize, you know what? I did a good job. I mean, I really did, but that's been, you know, eighteen, twenty years in the making. Feel right. to
2: say that, right?
1: Hey, this is John Wilkerson from the Wired Homeschool over at the WiredHomeschool dot com. You're listening to Fletch and Kendra on Homeschooling in Real Life. So we are on the line with Brant Hansen, author of the book Unoffendable. And we want to get to that new book, but along the way, we want to chat briefly uh, just about your, we, we'd already started this, but some of your thoughts on the Christian homeschooling community. Um, you know, Kenji and I started homeschooling in real life uh, because we wanted to, as we say, peek behind the curtain of Christian homeschooling. Mm-hmm. And I love to run in and tip over sacred cows and you know, point at things with sticks, uh, mm-hmm. I say? no disturb, disturb, <laughs> po- I poke at things. sometimes with You
2: smack things hard mm-hmm. yeah. with a stick. Um, uh, mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> yeah. Cause it's, you know, we've been in this culture and we've seen some wacky behavior. Uh, so when I say Christian homeschoolers, what's the first thing that comes to mind for you?
0: Oh man. I don't want to say denim jumpers. Cause it's such a cliche. um, christian homeschoolers
1: that's funny i'm gonna stop just a second because we were at a convention back in tennessee uh a month ago and i when we looked around the convention i you know i always try and sneak pics of denim jumpers with my iphone because Uh i i I, I just like to text kendra and say look they are still alive and active and they are they are but i I found a lot of hipsters with uh curled mustaches and uh you know, funky beanie I caps. Of tattoos. Yeah, tattoos.
0: I, I I'm not surprised by that. I think I think it's a lot more diverse than people on the outside realize. Um, and I think the people are are. I'll say this: interesting to a person. I mean, because you have to be because you're you're effectively opting out of something, an easier way that everybody else is doing. And I happen to like interesting people who are quirky and even annoying to other people. So at worst, um, this group is just fascinating to me. And I know as soon as somebody says that they homeschool, I think, okay, there's a story there because you don't back into that. It's like, it's like when my son goes to school at Berkeley, the Christians there are fascinating. All of them.
2: Yeah.
0: Because you you don't back into saying, oh, I'm a believer in Jesus at Berkeley. The easiest thing is not to. So anybody who zigs when the culture is zagging, I think it's really, really interesting.
2: So Brent along the lines of being fans of homeschooling as we all are, I mean, we love to poke fun, but obviously we've chosen to do this for a reason. What are Mm -hmm. some of the pros you've seen in Christian homeschooling?
0: I know my kids.
2: Mm.
0: I know them. And, uh, you know, my daughter's 18. My son's 21 now. And even though I wasn't involved, maybe as as heavily as I could have been or should have been or whatever with curricula or whatever, my, my wife did such a masterful job and and i know them and because of the the flexible schedule because of their presence in the home because of the way we structured my own job i said no to certain things so that i could say yes to being home a lot i know my kids and this this idea that the culture has at large that when your kids become teenagers they will become estranged from you you'll wish you never had them you'll rue the day that you, that never happened and you know, who knows? Maybe it still will. I don't know. You know, I, all I can speak is to my experience. I think I, I knew him really, really well. And we spent every afternoon together basically their entire lives. So that has been a huge deal. And ultimately while academic stuff comes and goes and I'm not worried so much about achievement, I, our kids have done great on achievement stuff. Um, but that's never been our big concern. I just want to help shape their character and I think that's that's been aided tremendously by homeschooling. It's to to say I want to be their primary context for learning how to function in the world, um, rather than a peer group, it has been wonderful. And that's not a slam on uh, teachers or parents or anything. It's just saying there's there's two different ways of there's different ways of doing this thing. And and I have I'm so thankful that my wife was up for doing this.
2: Yeah, that's fantastic. Well, I'm I'm thinking if you have a kid who's at Cal Berkeley uh right now, something you did uh caused that kid to be able to have uh the character that would walk into a campus like that and say, "I'm okay with this. I'm going to just be here cuz God's put me here."
0: Totally. And he's a shy kid. Our our daughter just got accepted by Berkeley, but she's not going to go there. She's going to go to the King's College in New York oh, City.
2: Yeah. Wow.
0: She's excited about that. She'll she'll start in the fall. Uh It has been remarkable. And what's real interesting too, like we got one kid going to Manhattan, the other kids in San Francisco at Berkeley. And the idea that it's funny to think about, you know, 16, 18, whatever years ago, people are saying, Oh, you're just trying to shelter your kids. Mm. Like, so now what am I doing? Right. (laughs) If that was the motivation, why am I sending them to San Francisco and New York? I never wanted to, well, okay. I did want to shelter them as children, but not as an adult. I wanted to equip them and shape their character so that they could be a blessing to other people in the real world. The idea that I'm sheltering them, of course I am. They're, they're tiny you know, children. And over time, I've given them more and more responsibility. So it is kind of funny in retrospect because a lot of the people I know who, who took issue with us, quote unquote, sheltering our kids, their kids live next door to them.
1: Right,
0: Uh, And it would never they're fearful and they won't venture out and do what our kids are doing. So it's not like an in your face or anything. It probably sounds like that. But I think it does underscore the whole time. This has always been about um, wanting our kids to be equipped for the world as it is and be a blessing to people
2: yeah equipping kids to stand in the marketplace is uh is a huge motivator for us, um, but I think you're doing a better job of it
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. I think God's been really good to us and our son has asperger's syndrome he's he's very shy, mm. but he's just been so determined and to drop him off at Berkeley, here's a super shy kid who's been homeschooled and drop him off at Berkeley for you know that's his first day of school. Most of the time you drop the kid out of the car they're at <laughs> kindergarten right. I was like, here's Cal Barkley, have at it. Um, <laughs> I think, I think he has grown so much and been so determined and it was, it was hard for him, uh, but he's, he's thrived. So we're just thankful. That's, that's every day. We're thankful to God for that.
1: Well, we'd love to talk on our show every episode. So this is our token time. We're going to talk about it, Kendra. Okay. Uh, we love to talk <laughs> about hope shifting and we talk about how it's so easy uh, for Christians and homeschoolers to shift their hope off of the gospel to uh-huh. one of two places, either uh, it's the world, and that's the one that Christians typically think of, and that's the one they typically say, "That's not me." You know, uh-huh. whether it's drugs or alcohol or sex or money or you know, this this job is what provides my hope. This uh-huh. um, this thing, my body, my my health, is what is what I have to put my hope in. And when those things fail, they're, they're lost. Or when those things don't fail and they're going well, they're, they're trapped in um, slavery to those things. Yeah. Um, On the other side, and this is where a lot of us, including the homeschoolers is religion. You know, Mm -hmm. we, we now are making deals with God and saying, okay, God, I did this and this and this, and thus you should, do this and this and this. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that something you can relate with or you have eyes kind of oh, my looking goodness. into this community or, or constantly, t- to Brant Hansen himself?
0: Constantly. I think we all struggle with that. Both are, are fatal errors. Um, there, there's no question about that. Whether you, you hit your wagon to your religion or religion, they will both fail you. Um, and to find your identity in anything that's that's shifting. Hey, look, you know we're crossing the finish line in this. If our identity is exclusively look at us homeschool, because you can get caught up in that; it becomes your thing. Whatever your thing is, well, now it's over. So now, who are we? Right. Unless we found our identity somewhere else and we put it somewhere else, it has to be has to be in in the, in the fact that God looks at us a certain way and he he approves of us because of what Jesus has done for us. Yeah, anything else is ultimately going to leave you. Um, extremely uh, in despair. And I, I do think that's a fundamental... Look, I talk to Christians all the time on Christian radio, and a lot of, the, a lot of these people press the button for that station because now I want to feel religious. And they that's what they want. They, they define themselves by how hard they're trying to please God and what a trap that is because you can't, you can't ever win. And the same thing goes with irreligion. Whatever you put your hope in, it's transitory. You can't win. You can never be good looking enough. You can never be, you know, uh successful enough. You can never be athletic enough. You can never be religious enough. You can never please the church enough. You can't go to enough small groups, evangelize enough, go door to door, make the cookies for the cookie ministry, um, you know, teach a Sunday school class. You can't tithe enough, you can't take enough short term missions trips. It's never enough. I don't read the Bible enough, I don't pray enough, I don't Well, if that's the point of it, then you're just looking at despair and extreme exhaustion it won't work so yeah i encounter that constantly i try to address it constantly on the air uh the light clicks on for people sometimes and they're like oh my gosh wait god actually loves me and that's that's a score for me that's why i'm doing it it sounds you know very similar to your motivations
1: yeah it sounds like uh brant is right up the path of homeschooling in real life but i've got to back up you said something in there that really struck me there's a cookie ministry is that what you said I'm
0: like, I'm, <laughs> that's like suddenly i feel like i've been yeah, short you. you're not really contributing enough to that ministry so please uh, wait, feel wait
2: i want the ice cream yeah. ministry yeah. that's wait, what yeah. i want
1: and there's a coffee ministry right yeah, that's a, too. Yeah. We, we can get you plugged in sure okay let's take another quick break Hey there, homeschoolers. I'm Michael. And I'm Brendan from Finding Christ in Cinema. Once you've finished listening to this episode of Homeschooling in Real Life, come on over and join us as we discover Christian themes in your favorite movies at ChristinCinema.com.
2: Grant, one of the things we see in the homeschool community is defensiveness. And I think a lot of us feel like we have to defend this thing, partly because anything we put our hope in that isn't Jesus, we get defensive about and we feel like we have to uh, defend that thing. And so while we're doing that, we're so easily offended by other people. We wanted to have you talk about your new book that's come out called Unoffendable. Can you tell us about that?
0: Yeah, well, the idea, and believe me, a lot of people will shut this off as soon as I see what the idea is, but please, before you shut it off, consider that part of repentance means rethinking. In fact, it's from the word pensive, for instance, the same root word, like to think. So sometimes we have to rethink things. The central idea of this book is that we are not entitled to anger. We are not. Now, we we get angry, that happens, but we're supposed to get rid of it, and that is a very consistent biblical message. We're supposed to get rid of it. So... That's the concept. Some people are like, no, that's just not true. The Bible says this. No, it doesn't. The Bible does not say that we're ever supposed to hang on to anger. It says when you get angry, you get rid of it that day. And it continually tells us to get rid of all anger. But God got angry. Jesus got it. Yeah, he can be trusted with anger. He's sinless. We're not. He can be trusted with vengeance. He's sinless. We're not. There are certain things that are God's alone. We We cannot have a right to anger against someone because we're just as guilty. And when I just want to encourage people to at least think about it, keep your mind open on this because it may unlock some wonderful things for you and your family uh, when you embrace this idea that you're not entitled to anger anymore. And I encourage people to decide to be unoffendable as much as they can. Here's the thing with homeschooling. Like how many times are you going to be shocked that somebody doesn't like the fact that you're homeschooling? I mean, it happens when people started doing this in the eighties or seventies or whenever they started. Like, it was so revolutionary. Even now, when you tell people, oh, we homeschool, some people don't like it. But I don't want to be shocked by that every time. Like, yeah, I get it. So, okay, humans are broken. Some people will be rude towards me. That's the way it is. That's human nature. But we live in this constant taking of offense idea where we're just shocked every time. I can't believe what they said to us. I can't believe they'd be so rude. Really? You can't believe it? I mean, the world's been this way since what Adam and Eve, Cain and Abel, (laughs) which is, which is really a fundamental thing. If you are somebody who believes in, in the worldview of the Bible, you know, humans are broken. Got it. Murderous, uh, traitorous, adulterous, we're broken. Um, so we don't need to be shocked by it anymore. We can expect it. And then we can, we can really rejoice when we see grace, but man, we don't need to walk around every, I can't believe they did that. At some point, it's on us, and we have to go, you know what? I'm not surprised. I know how humans are, and you know what? I don't have to fix everybody. It's okay.
1: Well, that sounds like a mamsy-pamsy, turn-the-cheek kind of religion.
0: (laughs) Yeah. You know what's funny about that? There are actually people who would tell me that. I'm like, really? So so, (laughs) to me, anger is passive because, I mean, toddlers get angry. Babies can get angry. Anger is the easiest route of all. The idea that I would actively forgive people, that takes guts. That's hard. And the namby-pamby thing is highly amusing to me. Actually, what's namby-pamby is getting angry and staying angry because anybody can do that.
2: Mm.
0: But to actually forgive somebody takes a tremendous amount of character. What's also a, an interesting fundamental uh, misunderstanding about this, well, if I'm not angry, then how am I supposed to do anything? I won't do it. Well, that's too bad. You mean you have to be motivated by something you're not entitled to to get anything done. We're supposed to be motivated to take action, and I'm all for taking action. Action's wonderful. But just being angry and thinking we're, we're righteous because we're angry doesn't do anybody any good. In fact, it, anger destroys us. The Bible is very clear about that. Anger resides in the lap of fools. So the idea that we confuse anger with action is a fundamental mistake. I'm all about taking action. Um, but anger itself, I don't need it to take action. We don't want our police being angry. We don't want our judges being angry. We don't want the military acting out of anger, but we do want them to take action.
1: Well, I I, I guess right off the bat, you're going to have critics, I'm assuming, that say, but there's a righteous anger.
0: Uh-huh. Right?
1: Isn't there a righteous anger? That's the one yeah. we're all supposed to have, right? So,
0: mm-hmm. Yeah, that's 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 what God has. Yeah. He's righteous. Um, there's a verse that nobody cares about that's in um, James one twenty.
1: I care about it. I care about well,
0: this verse. Good. This, this is heartening and <laughs> reflect because now someone cares.
1: I also care about that cookie ministry. I want yeah, we'll to get back to
0: it. Two things. Okay, this James one twenty. when people say, ah, but in the Bible it says that we have righteous anger. We're supposed to get angry because of righteous anger. James one twenty actually says there's nothing about human anger that brings about the righteousness of God it's point blank. No, your anger is not righteous. But my anger is righteous. No, not according to the Bible. But in Ephesians 4.26, doesn't it say to be angry, but don't sin? See, be angry. No, that's not what it says. It says, in your anger, do not sin. And the rest of the verse, people don't continue. It says, get rid of it before the sun goes down. So it's acknowledging, yeah, we're humans. Um, we, we have anger reactions to threat. That's natural Animals have fight-or-flight you know, fight reactions. We have that too, but we're supposed to get rid of it. We're supposed to be a different creation. And the idea that that's manby pamby or I, I should be angry just makes my point because it makes us feel righteous to be angry. It's self-righteous anger is what it is. It's not righteous anger. It's self-righteous. And the idea that we're superior morally to anybody we're angry with is a lie. And Jesus destroys that in the Sermon on the Mount. So this is a crazy idea, and a lot of people aren't going to buy it, but you know um, it's radical and I think it's more radical than than a lot of the you know, like the radical of the book honestly I think it's it's calling us to be people who pick up our own cross daily, and that means forgiving people that's that's the essence of discipleship so yeah it is a narrow way most people won't do it. But since when has Christianity ever been anything less than, than that?
1: I like how, you know, Brant. you're perfect for the show because you're, the, you're like us. You read the rest of the verse. And, you know.
0: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, that's so interesting because people will come out guns black. Oh, but it says here, like, why did you not remember the second part of the verse? Mm. And that alone betrays something about us, doesn't it? I mean, like, we just want to affirm whatever we thought. And here's the Bible, nuclear bombing our right to anger, and we won't even look at it. We'll just seize on a few words that seem, seem to justify. Five verses later, in case there's any doubt what the Bible actually says about this, right after that verse that people take the first half of to try to justify their right to anger, five verses later, Paul says, get rid of all anger. It's in the same paragraph. <laughs> get rid of all anger. And then That's here's James saying, get rid of it. There is no such thing as righteous anger. It's consistent it's never portrayed in the good list. It's not in the fruit of the spirit. It's not love, joy, peace, anger, goodness. T- you know, it's none of that. It's always in the bad list, along with bitterness and jealousy and discord. And we don't talk about righteous jealousy.
2: Hmm, good huh. point.
1: Wow, that's uh, you know. I was thinking that would never fit on a bumper sticker, though. You know, you can't have all those extra verses. <laughs> that's exactly. that is why we can't do it. So we just gonna we're gonna cherry pick the ones we love.
0: I know. It just, it just justifies our, our toddlerish behavior. And look, I get, I still get angry too. I just know I have to deal with it. I don't have a right to it. I use the, I use the the idea in the book from Lord of the Rings where Frodo did not deserve the ring. He didn't want it, but he got it. And he's got to go drop it in the cracks of doom right now before it destroys everybody. And that for somebody to let go of their anger, it hurts, but you cannot say simultaneously, Oh, I forgive you, and I'm entitled to anger, which I'm going to keep. That's impossible. Those two things can't be the same. And we know, if you're a believer, follower of Jesus, you know what you're called to do. You're called to forgive. So I don't—it's I, really interesting, the different gymnastics that we go through to try to justify things we already thought.
1: So with that in mind, what has been the response to this? I mean, I I know there are times where— um someone rubs up against us the wrong way with that sandpaper. And, you know, we we love to, to, uh, we talk around here, we love to ditch instead of dwell, you know, instead Mm -hmm. of dwelling together and figuring this out, what's been the response to, to what you've been sharing? Has there, has there been anger?
0: (laughs) Okay. Short. Yeah. Okay. Short answer is, I don't know because a lot of times the response you get, like if you post something on Facebook, most of what you get back is going to be from your friends, right? I mean, they like you. So that's just the way it is like, Hey, great picture, great dress. You know, your hair looks great. Um, and so I get back reflected from my tribe. I kind of already already have a tribe of people that like to think outside the box. And those people are unsurprisingly like, wow, man, I never thought about it. Thank you. Um, will there be people who actually pick up a book that from the outset disagrees with them? We're going to find out. I mean, the thing's only been out for a week or two. Um, are they willing to pick up a book that cuts like a knife and then puts you back together? Because I'm hearing a lot of that. This, this wrecked me. It destroyed me. And then now I think it's beautiful. And it's not me. It's not my writing. It's the, it's the idea of it because nobody, most people haven't considered this before. Um, They just haven't thought about this. Like this is a lifestyle and it sounds a whole lot like following Jesus. The thing is when you actually do this, people become attracted to you that never would have before they actually want to hang out with you these are sinners because you're not offended by anything you aren't surprised by anything your nose isn't stuck up about anything you're never like oh, i can't believe that you would because you know how humans are and you love them anyway and it's interesting to see how people want to be around you i'm stunned by the difference with people relating to me after i started to embrace this uh, who are not believers and pretty soon almost invariably the conversation turns around to, okay, tell me about Jesus. Go ahead. <laughs> because, because I love them and I'm for them. Instead of constantly finding like, oh, here's the problem. I know they need Jesus. I know everybody does. The, here's another thing that people will never, and I'm, I'm getting off topic just a little bit, but they, they never memorize this verse either. It's in 1 Corinthians chapter 4. Paul says, you don't know what's in the heart of somebody else. He said, I don't even know my own heart. I'm going to leave it to God and let him sort it out in the end. Well, when you embrace that kind of humility, that's beautiful. Because you don't have to be testing everybody's spiritual temperature all the time. Are they a good Christian? Is it a real Christian? Is that person? Well, you have no clue. And that swings both ways. That means you can't look at somebody like me and go, oh, Brandt's such a great man of God on the radio. You don't know. You don't know. So you don't have to. You just know everybody needs Jesus. That's all. More of him. That's it. So I'll leave the rest to him. Man, that's freeing. Man, I don't have to worry about stuff. So on one hand, when people see the ramifications of what happens when you give up your right to anger, they love it. Whether they'll get past the first couple chapters when I break down this this myth about our, our right to it, I don't know. And I honestly think this book is written very simply. But it may be too hard for people to actually say i'm willing to I'm willing to follow Jesus down that path um it's whether it'll be mainstream successful, I don't know because of that I think you you're better off giving people a list of things to do to be, become a better church goer. They'll eat that up
1: yeah. oh yeah, if we can put it into uh six steps and totally start like every me- sentence with the same letter that'd be right. even better. And this is
0: this would be my my critique, and I've talked with with David Platt about this when I interviewed him. And so I'm just being honest and about his book Radical. I'm like, you're basically saying do more church stuff, and like I only have so much time, you know. Give more, do do more short term missions, do this, you know, go to that, volunteer for this. Um, My book is excusing you from all that sort of stuff, but I think it's way more radical because you're you're having to do a heart surgery. And I, I don't know what's going to happen with that.
1: You know, one of the things we say around here, uh, Brant, is that we need to stop behaving better and learn how to believe better. And it really sounds like that's, uh, in, in some sense, in a very basic sense, what you're getting at. Like, just believe God's word a little better rather than – because I think a, a few of us could look at this and say, oh, okay, Brant's saying this is how I'm supposed to behave. But, mm-hmm. but really it's – no, believe what God says in his word – A little bit better and trust him a little bit more
0: yeah that's the word i would say trust him i don't think a lot of us do and i think that's where worry comes from ultimately and i do think it's a lot where anger comes from because if you think about it anger is is essentially threat a lot of times the threat doesn't exist i mean think about getting cut off in traffic what has that person done to you really delayed you point oh four seven seconds But really what's happened, we feel threatened because at some very deep primal level, we're like, hey, uh, this person's trying to push me out of the village. Basically, they think they're better than me. They think they matter and I don't. Um, They're marginalizing me. We take it personally. To be able to forgive that person in the process is to get rid of all of that threat and say, you know what? I forgive. I'm going to see traffic as forgiveness practice from now on. I forgive that guy. I've cut people off. I'm worse. I'm going to forgive that person. But a lot of times there's so much at stake because we're not really trusting God to take care of us. Like, I'm going to be fine. Everybody can cut me off. I'll be okay. Um, everybody can do stuff to me. The worst thing you can do is take my life. Well, guess what? I already gave that away. I already gave it away. Yeah. I thought. I thought that was the idea. So I, he's got my back. Um, I'm not going to be threatened by everybody because he's He's my fortress. What's so interesting is that all of these ramifications follow from us embracing the humility of this sort of thing of just going, I am not in charge. Uh, it's, and it's so freeing, and you become like a little kid. But that's, that's difficult to do because a lot of people just want to be in control instead of just trusting him.
1: And it's really, I mean, this is an issue of identity again. You know, if you are secure in your identity in Christ, if you if you really know that God loves you, and he has your best for you, then you can you can start putting you know there there is no battle to fight anymore. You're right. I'm fully could, accepted by Christ, so why do I need to, right. to win every one of these little skirmishes along the way? Or why even do I have to the big battle. Everything? Yeah,
0: yeah. What, why do we have to protect everything? Why do I have to straighten everybody out on Facebook and on Twitter? Oh my! There's goodness. a whole <laughs> whole lot of wrong people out there. You're gonna be busy if you think it's your job to make everybody right. How about pray for the person? God's in control. He really is. He's got a timeline with people. If you could pray for him, you don't have to straighten him out. How about let him be wrong? Yeah. I mean, can we? Is that is that a possibility? Or, do, or are we so threatened by everything that we have to straighten everybody out? Here's the thing: I think you're getting at Fletch with I think I think is really true. A lot of people are very prone to anger in the religious community, the Christian church, because deep down I think they suspect that God is angry at them.
1: Hmm.
0: And I don't think they they can let themselves off the hook because they think that God's wondering, why don't you pray more, give more,
1: oh.
0: do why, more? Why don't you why,
1: behave better? Just why don't behave you behave better?
0: better yeah. Your thoughts, you can't, you're evil in your thoughts. And look, we're all messed up, we're all sinners, but he's good. But unless we've, unless we've really, had a big long drink from that fountain of, of going, wait a second. It's not about me. It really isn't my righteousness. is about, it's not about me. It's about him. Unless we've done that, we're going to be very prone to anger from others because we honestly deep down think God isn't pleased with us.
2: Brant, we see this so poignantly in the homeschool community as we are around the country doing different uh, conferences here and there. We see these little factions that have to, to guard and protect whatever it is They're guarding and protecting. And we look at each other and we say, well, they don't bake their own bread. Or, well, that person <laughs> over there doesn't classically homeschool. Or, oh, no, they're unschoolers. Or whatever the thing is, and uh, we're protecting this thing, and we get offended, like you said, on social media, on Facebook. You know, face-to-face, we're not so good about it. But, you know, we will will stick, stick our neck out there for that thing we have created as an idol in our lives, and it's bondage. And one of the things that has struck me um, as I've listened to you talk about this, because you've been talking about unoffendable on your podcast for for several episodes, and and um, that whole idea that we can, can set it aside and say, look, I can love the sinner next to me in their sin, because guess what? I am that sinner who constantly lives in my sin.
1: <laughs> yeah, that has been revolutionary for just the two of us in the last couple of weeks talking through this. Huh. You know, can we love someone in their sin. And I remember the first time you brought it up to me, uh, it did stop me in my tracks. So I was the, I'm not going to read the second part of the verse guy there.
0: <laughs> yeah. How how awesome is it that God himself allows himself to be born into a barn full of animal manure? <laughs> I mean, he's not offended by our smells. He's not offended by our sinfulness. Jesus never looked at any single person and said, you're just so immoral. You know what? (laughs) I'm out of here. How amazing is that? And I, I can't help but think that there's nowhere I can't go now. Now people always bring up examples that are extreme. Like what if you're an alcoholic? Should you go in a bar? I'm not talking about that, but there's nobody I can't hang out with. You know what? The gates of hell will not prevail against the church. People are so fearful but that's an offensive term. The gates of hell won't prevail against us, and we think we have to set up these, this you know, walled fortress. Well, that doesn't make any sense. I can go anywhere. Uh, A, God's given me the Holy Spirit. B, the worst thing they can do is take the life that I've already given away. And C, what an opportunity to love people in a way they'll be shocked by it'll the gospel will finally make sense to them when we act this way that it'll actually make sense because like oh i get it so it's about god's righteousness not yours or mine yeah see that's why we're friends
2: brent you ended us on the gospel and that's where we like to begin and end so thank you so much for being with us uh, for this episode of homeschooling in real life
0: you're welcome so glad for you guys and what you're doing appreciate it very much
1: Okay, great interview with Brand Hansen right Kench. Mhm. He was awesome. What a fun time to sit down. We had our son in the background. He was he was listening off air. Our oldest son wanted to come in and hear the interview because he loves him as well. This this guy's a great on-air personality. He's very funny. And he has a lot of good information right now as he's promoting this new book. So, we'll have it in our show notes, you know, where you can reach him.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, his i am second video also um how to purchase that book if that interests you what we would love to hear from our listeners this week um is whether you take this to heart does this does this rub you the wrong way you know how sometimes you get that little bit of sand underneath you know the pearl and it starts to rub the wrong way and ah it's just annoying is this one of those things that's annoying that's that you might see great change come about or do you just completely disagree
1: yeah we'd love to hear from that now the best ways to reach us are right on this blog post itself you can you can comment back and forth with us but if you want to reach us on facebook don't forget it's facebook.com slash homeschooling irl
2: reach us on twitter at homeschoolirl.
1: or you can email us info at homeschooling any of those ways we'd love to hear from you And we are getting super excited. You know what? We did tell them.
2: (laughs) Super excited.
1: Well, we did tell them (laughs) to be excited for this episode, Mm -hmm. but we decided to bump it one episode further. Yeah. We have a
2: celebration coming up next week.
1: Episode 51. So join us uh, at next episode where we're going to.
2: We're going to look back on the last 50 episodes. It's going to be a lot of fun.
1: And I'm going to. bringing out a lot of hidden stuff that didn't actually make it to the air so it's going to be Uh, a great episode next week
2: i have a feeling i'm in big trouble
1: (laughs) hey uh, we appreciate you guys keep it real we'll talk to you next week
2: the homeschooling irl podcast is a part of the ultimate homeschool radio network every show is written and produced by andy and kendra fletcher For more information on this podcast or to contact your hosts, please visit us on our website and blog at homeschoolingirl.com.